You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. The serious side of the J. Rouse Show is coming up next right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. 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 No more, it's none of my business. No more, I'm sure they'll work it out. No more, boys will be boys. No more, I'll say something next time. No more, why didn't she tell anyone? No more, she was flirting with him. No more, she's too smart to let that happen. No more, not my problem. No more, he didn't mean it. No more, why doesn't she just leave? No more, he said he was sorry. No more, she was drunk. No more, she was asking for it. No more, she seems just fine to me. No more, she should have been more careful. No more, we don't talk about that. No more bystanding. No more ignorance. No more excuses. No more. No more. No more. WWE Superstar Big Show here to tell you if you've been drinking, get a ride. Take a cab. Find another safe way to get home. Cops all across the country are cracking down on drunk driving. They will see you before you see them. Drive sober or get pulled over. Online radio at its best. Online radio at its best. Hey, 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 good morning. If you're ready, map of the south. Let's do this. I'm telling you, I am first very honored that you would join me tonight. He has a very limited time spot, so we want to bring in Mr. Alan Farrell right away. Hey, how are you, Kathleen? You know what? I'm going to make you do what I do, baby. Man, what's crack a lacking, baby? What's crack a lacking? It's time for the serious side of the Jay Rowe Show. Don't try to call me out, princess. You can take your love and true purpose and stick it. She's a bitch. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Network. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Giles Snyder. Fresh fighting is being reported today near the Libyan capital of Tripoli, the seat of the U.N.-backed government. The leader of the Libyan National Army pressing an offensive against Tripoli, the BBC's Sebastian Usher reports. On the fourth day of General Hafter's offensive, the U.S. has evacuated a contingent of its forces from Tripoli with a fast amphibious craft. The U.N. is due to pull out non-essential staff as well. Heavy clashes have started again around the disused international airport, which has been the focus of fighting for days. Further from the front lines in Tripoli, people are trying to go about their lives as normal, but with a continued watchful eye on developments. Many of those near the fighting are remaining in their homes for now, afraid of looting if they leave. Some have spoken of their fears of a long siege as General Hafter mounted for several years to take the eastern city of Benghazi. Pope Francis today issued an appeal to look to others with charity. It comes after he blamed the arms trade by Europe and the U.S. for fueling conflicts and causing victims in Syria, Yemen, and Afghanistan. NPR's Sylvia Pajoli reports the Pope made the remarks in an off-the-cuff encounter with students. The reason there are so many wars in the world today, the Pope said, is rich Europe and America sell weapons used to kill children and kill people. Otherwise, he added, there would be no war in Afghanistan, Yemen, and Syria. A country that produces and sells weapons, Francis said, has on its conscience the death of every child and the destruction of each family. 
and he urged young people to speak out about these issues without fear. On the issue of migrants, the Pope disputed government's concerns over rising crime rates to keep asylum seekers out. In Italy, said, foreigners are not the source of most crime. The mafia was not invented by Nigerians, the mafia is ours. And he stressed that Europe was made by migrants and migrants bring us wealth. Silvia Poggioli, NPR News, Rome. President Trump is now back at the White House following a trip that included an appearance at this weekend's annual meeting of the Republican Jewish Coalition in Las Vegas. Another Democrat has joined the race for president, Kabir Bhatia, member station WKSU, reports that Ohio Congressman Tim Bryan has kicked off his campaign. Since 2003, Congressman Tim Bryan has represented Youngstown, where the rally took place, in a region that has struggled with job loss along with the rest of the Rust Belt. It's also an area that swung right to elect President Trump in 2016. In his speech, Ryan hit on that theme and said he wants the country to be less polarized. Things go up and things go down. But if we're not united, we are not going to be able to fix these structural problems that we have in the United States. In 2017, Trump held a rally in Youngstown and told the audience that jobs would be coming back to the region. Ryan has been critical of the president in the wake of GM's announcement last year that it would close its plant in nearby Lordstown. For NPR News, I'm Kabir Bhatia. And you're listening to NPR News. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Coming up next on the serious side. Martin Luther King, 20 minutes ago, died. I would like to take this opportunity to ask Reverend John Genzel, who is the jazz minister, to lead all of us in prayer for Martin Luther King and the future of all civil rights movements. Would you please rise? Some very sad news for all of you, and I think uh, sad news for all of our fellow citizens and people who love peace all over the world. And that is that Martin Luther King was shot and was killed tonight. America is shocked and saddened by the brutal slaying tonight of Dr. Martin Luther King. I ask every citizen to reject the blind violence that has struck Dr. King, who lived by nonviolence. I pray that his family can find comfort in the memory of all he tried to do for the land he loved so well. You let this man out on misdemeanor charges for brutally, brutally attacking this woman downtown. The chairman of the House Ways and Means Committee sent this letter to the IRS politely asking to see six years of tax returns from the president and his business. He cites an arcane piece of tax law that allows him to see any American's tax returns as long as it's for a legitimate legislative reason. This morning, Joe Biden trying to get past the controversy over his behavior, but ad living a joke in a Friday speech, making light of it. I just want you to know I had permission to hug Lonnie. 
And again, after inviting children to the stage. By the way, he gave me permission to touch him. It went over well with a friendly audience of union members, mostly men, but later trying to explain. My intent to make light of anyone's discomfort. I realize my responsibility is to not invade the space of anyone who is uncomfortable in that regard. And uh, uh, and I, I hope it wasn't taken that way. Welcome to the serious side of the Jay Ryle Show with Mrs. Vanessa Maybell, Mr. Jerome Esprit, the official texter of the show, Mr. Johnny D, and Mr. Elias. Now here is your host, Jay Ryle. Good Sunday morning to you folks. Today is April 7th, 2019, and you're in tune to the serious side of the Jay Ryle Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TGRS Radio Network, online radio at its best, of course. I'm Jay Ralph. Thank you guys for tuning in this Sunday morning, spending a portion of your day with us. It's always special, and we appreciate it. But as always, I'm never sure to stage by myself. But let me give you a breakdown. I think it's easier to introduce who's not here <laughs> versus who is here. All right, so let's start with, you know, Kathleen Williams. She's still under the weather. Hopefully she'll be back real soon. Uh, Vanessa Mae Belly from the McAnally, she is on a cruise, but she is going to check in. In the, she's going to check in, so just stay tuned for her. But, you know, she's out there doing her thing, sending us videos, and we were really appreciating 11 those. Johnny D's off this morning. He'll be back next week. And, of course, our the smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome Esprit, usually joins us after uh, his Clear Channel radio commitment. So that leaves you with the man who really runs everything around here, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S is in the house. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning, good morning, and good morning, sir. How are you doing this morning? Doing well, Mr. Elias. A lot of empty chairs in the studio this morning, but uh, you know how we get down. It's just like the police dropping. On one of those conversations that you and I usually have that's probably not, you know, whatever. But anyway, yeah. glad you're here, man. Appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Thank you, brother. 347850. All right. 347850-1272 is the call in number. Thank you guys for being here. Of course, the world famous chat room should be open. You can always check in with us through social media. We'll read that information during a certain segment of the show if you are a first time listener. But uh, let me give you the breakdown and what's happening this morning. We have a lot to talk about. First up, we're going to talk about something that I did not see covered anywhere this past week. Uh, this past week uh, marked the 51st year anniversary of the King assassination. Not one cable news network acknowledged it, but we will because that's what we do around here. Plus, second set, one of our favorite bits called YTP, Your Thoughts, Please, where we try to attack and try to discuss as many stories as we can in a 30-minute block. Should be fun. I tell you, there's some troubling stories in that segment, so you definitely want to tune into that. And last but certainly not least, Joe Biden, former vice president, uh, is finding himself in a little bit of hot water based on his touchy-feely approach. And according to some, and according to some, his uh, response uh, during his first public events, uh, first public comments after this thing hit the fan, uh, a lot of people weren't impressed with that. So we're going to have that conversation as well. The number is three four seven eight five zero one two seven two three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Let's get right into the conversation. And we're going to start off with a story that no one talked about this past week. On the on April fourth, we know that Dr. Martin Luther King was assassinated back in nineteen. 68. This past week marked the 51st year, the 51st anniversary of 
his assassination. And, Mr. Elias, I was troubled. I thought at least MSNBC would cover it. Now, listen, I didn't see it on CNN. Um, now, you know, I don't think Fox, you know. Maybe I'm giving Fox the benefit of the doubt. Maybe Fox did. I don't look at Fox. I have no idea. But I'm assuming that if MSNBC didn't cover it, then, you know, well, what are the chances that CNN or Fox even mentioned it? I, I was just surprised. Even your local news usually has something up about it, but nothing, absolutely nothing I saw uh, said anything about the uh, assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King back in 1968. Your thoughts, please. Well, you know something, Jay, it's, it's... – it's the climate of, of what we live in right now, man. People don't, you know, history is not that important to different people, man. You know, the bottom line is that what do you mean by that? man was a pioneer. It's not important it, because if history would be important, they'd see what Trump is. Um, history is, 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 look, man, this was a great man. This man gave his life for what he believed in. And people don't understand that is a hell of a sacrifice. And he did all that before, and at 39 years old, he was gone. He didn't get a chance to live his full life, man, to see his kids become adults, to see what his kids could become. He paid the ultimate mm-hmm. sacrifice, and we don't, you know, we, we're not celebrating him. We're not putting it out there to say, hey, man, this, this man, you know, you, you celebrate his life, man. You live his legacy. You, 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 you. You put his ideals out there. All the things that he, he stood for is what we should be what we should be appreciating. You know? This is the, I mean, to pay that kind of sacrifice, I hear a lot of people say, you know, I, 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 why should I vote anyway? I, I hear a lot, of, a lot of young brothers and sisters, and don't give me that old excuse, uh, a lot of people paid, paid the way for me to vote. They paid, paid for their life. I said, well, what would you die for? Because one thing about death ain't no coming back from it. You know, once yep. you're gone, you're gone. So for this man to pay the ultimate sacrifice to leave his family behind and not be able to see his kids being grown and to give all he had to give, his time, his effort, all the time spent away from his family, for us to, for us not to, to recognize it, we should. I'm glad we're doing it this morning. I'm glad I, I, I'm glad I lose. Our little pond is doing it this morning. I am. I'm so overjoyed. But to see, to see other news sources don't do it, this clown, this orange-haired clown in the White House is taking up all, he's sucking all the air out the room. And it's just you ridiculous. Know, it's interesting. You said something uh, during your remarks that really hit home for me, and, and I thought about this. When you when you talk about young brothers and sisters or people in, in general, when you say, hey, you need to vote, and why do I vote? And, you know, the thing is, I used to be one of those people who were like, yeah, whatever, I, I'm not going out to vote. But then as I got more mature and as I began to read and educate myself, I realized how important it was. And even though, you know, I was living in a state, and I continue to live in a state where really, you know, come on, I mean, it, it's going to take hell to freeze over before Texas becomes uh, red. But it may not be that far away. But the bottom line is that oh. during all those years, I continue to vote. I mean, I'm sorry, Blue. Uh, but, you know, you said something that really resonated with me just now. The fact that this guy, you know, for a race of people, he felt that it was his job to go and make sure that people who look like us, 
not only black people, brown people, poor white folks. He was marching for those people as well. And he didn't have to do this. He could have sat on the sidelines like many people do today and just don't get involved. Let someone else fight that fight. But for him to make that ultimate sacrifice, knowing that his life uh, was in danger, knowing that people were trying to kill him, Man, I tell you, like I said, it's just open. It's like something, you know it's there, you know it's in the back of your mind, but when you hear someone else say it and you have, have an opportunity to listen to their words, it really resonated. So, hey, listen, you're right. I mean, at 39, I mean, at 39 years old, think about all the things that man accomplished by the age of 39 that some people will live a full lifetime and won't even accomplish half or even close to a percentile oh, of what this man accomplished in his life. Yes. I mean, I mean, it, it, it's unbelievable. It, and, and like I said, the, the vote, to, to, to get out and vote, people don't even, I, that, that, that boggles my mind because if it wasn't, uh, if people didn't get out and vote or if, if they weren't trying to suppress the vote, if your vote didn't count, why are the Republicans trying to suppress the vote? Why? Why do they suppress the vote? Why does it? Why does it? Why are they trying to take away all the laws and, and everything else? Now I'm, I'm reading the laws in Florida where the people have, uh, where they passed the law where the felons can vote after they paid their debt to society. Yeah. They're trying to make them pay their taxes. Yeah. Sound familiar? Sound familiar from the 1960s? <laughs> this this is what I'm saying, man. We need we uh, we people need to stay awoke, man. They need to wake up and they need to stay that way because this is they're they're blocking this now because they know that 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 million those million votes in Florida that 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 they can get will go will go straight for the people that have put them in a place to vote. And it wasn't the Republicans because the Republicans gonna suppress the vote. That's what that's what Republicans hmm. do. They suppress the vote. So for 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 us not to get out and vote is ridiculous to me. But I am getting off course. But like I said, with with, with Dr. King, man, a great no, no, you're not. I mean, that's all a man. part of it. I mean, he he marched for that, Mr. Elliott. You're not getting off course. That's yeah. what he represented for equality for our people. So no, you're not getting off course. I mean, this is this was right there in that wheelhouse. Yeah, he. He, I mean, he he paid all that. He paid for all that, and 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 now, it's just ridiculous, man. You know. Well, it is ridiculous. You know, and something else too that you know, I remember uh, during uh, when George Bush was running against uh, John Kerry, and I was uh, standing in this line. Now at this time, and it was so confusing where you had to go vote for for us here in Houston, and I remember standing in line. And I stood at this line, man, and I stood there. I went there, uh, I think I went to, I don't know, I can't remember what happened. I stood in line for, man, for almost an hour and a half waiting to vote, right? An hour and a half. And when I got to the dang old door, they told me I was at the wrong voting place. And so most people would have just went home and said, you know what, I've been standing out here for an hour and a half. And my God, this is crazy. Why am I standing out here for an hour and a half? I was at the wrong polling place. I stood in line for an hour and a half. But guess what I did? Instead of me saying, look, I'm not going to 
me. You know, hey, look, I tried. I went to my proper polling place and stood in line for another hour to make sure I got the opportunity to vote. And I and the thing that kept going through my mind, Mr. Elias, when I was standing in line was, you know what? You know, people died for the right. I remember seeing African Americans being hosed down by water hoses and dogs let off on them because they wanted to go vote. And we have people who won't even get up off their lazy tails to go vote uh, nowadays. It's just ridiculous. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Twenty minutes after the hour, you're listening to the serious side. Looks like we need to get out to the phone lines. Mr. Ashman, who do we have on the line? We have Dodge on the line with us, Jay. Good morning, Dodge. Where are you calling from? I'm in Atlanta, man. Good morning to y'all, too. How you doing? Good morning, sir. Good morning. Good, brother. Appreciate you tuning in, man. What's on your mind this morning, Yeah, Well, you guys were talking about Dr. King, so I just wanted to weigh in briefly and just say uh, the the legacy of Dr. King is so big, we we can't, like, separate it into side issues. I'll I'll just put it that way. Because not only was he talking about racial inequality, he's talking about economic inequality, he was talking about war uh, profiteering. He was talking about uh, just the, you know, the anti-war movement, the idea that massive poverty in the midst of, you know, mass wealth was not only abhorrent, but was, you know, just just a, a moral failure. So, you know, some of the things that right. he talked about from, you know, a letter in the Birmingham jail to, you know, why he uh, disagreed with the Vietnam War. To, which is one of the most unused uh, King documents that people need to look into, the Black Power Defiance. I agree. Which is a really strong essay where he gets into, because uh, I think some people think King was a little, a much softer man <laughs> than what he actually was. Like, no, right. this was a lion exactly. who was fighting against the most vicious form of terrorism uh, that we've seen in modern history where people weren't even safe in their churches. So that's what he was up against, and he knew that and still kept walking forward. And he actually gave courage to people who were a little less learned but were more radical than he was because if he was willing to step out without a gun, then what could they do? So the the King legacy, man, there's so much depth to it. And, yeah, I agree with you guys as far as the voting. Uh, In America, 65% of eligible voters actually using their vote. Like, that's an outlier. That's 2008. You know what I mean? That's like, wow, right. 65% of eligible voters to vote? But we got, we got to talk about the process part. You just talked about two separate events. You were waiting an hour. That's where we get to precincts being shut down or slowed in areas where the opposition is in power and they want to make sure the vote is limited. And if you're in a Georgia, Georgian and you remember the Bush years, uh, you can kind of remember polling places being uh shut down and people who used to go to three and four yep. different ones all being pushed into one, which made the lines long, which mm-hmm. discouraged people from voting and kicked the right. status quo going. So we have to talk about people getting into organizations to actually make sure things like this don't happen. And that's the other part. It can't just be every four years, or every two years going to make your vote. And then you go home and sit down. Like politics oh. is every day, 24 seven for the price of gas and food to, you know, just your civic duty, uh, who, who sits on juries. All of these different things have to be explored. So we have to be a lot more right. serious about these things. Uh, now, the second point, I, I want to get out, and I'm going to get out of you guys' way. The Biden thing, look, okay. as bad as this Biden thing is, uh, and, I mean, we've all seen him for years and thought he was a little odd, just how he approached people. 
he's the worst candidate the Democrats could actually put forward. This is actually uh, something to help the Democratic Party. If you get him out of there, out of the way. He's been wrong on every major issue the past 40 years from uh, the drug laws to the crime, uh, the, the crime bill to the Anita Hill hearing. Like, we can't confuse some good, you know, cop, uh, I guess you could say, uh, cop movie video of, uh, pictures of him and Obama, you know, doing memes and stuff together. We can't confuse that with the actual man. Like, Joe Biden has been a centrist corporate Democrat who really has nothing uh, morally that you could really, you know, sink your teeth into and say, this is what this guy stands for. It appears to be whatever's popular at the time, Biden will roll with. And decades later, when you look back on his record, you just have to say, this is the one guy who Trump has no problem beating. Like, all the things that people are attacking him for now, uh, what do you think the right's going to do if he's the nominee? So... I, I don't understand the people who are trying to, you know, put their wrap their arms around Joe Biden as the guy. Uh, clearly, hmm. clearly, uh, old school candidates who are, you know, status quo, like that's not the wave right now. We we lost the last election that way, so I don't I don't think it's a good idea to push Biden forward. But thanks for letting me on. I know that was a long, long winded. It's okay, little, brother. Little part, man, but I, I just wanted to get that in, man. And I'm enjoying the show. Y'all have a good day. Thank you so much, Nash. And continue to listen. We'll be def- definitely talking about uh, Joe Biden doing the third set. Can't wait to uh, get some commentary on that. Meanwhile, uh, before we get out of here on this set, it's time to bring in the smartest man in the world, the one and only Mr. Jerome Spree. What's going on, Jerome, man? Welcome in this morning. How are you, sir? Hey, thank you, man. I'm good. How you doing? Hey, what's up, Elias? Doing morning, all right, Jamal. man. Good morning, right. sir. We were talking about the assassination of Dr. King and how this past week on all the major cable networks, not one segment dedicated to a great man passing away 51 years ago on April 4th. And so we wanted to take, because you know how we get out around here. You know, we've right. been on the air for, what, Mr. Elias, almost, what, 10 years? It's been 10 years, man, almost? Yeah, wow. And, yeah, you know, so uh, we're going to continue to be that voice. And so the bottom line is, is that uh, not one uh, network covered it. I don't remember hearing it at all. Now, if this would have been November 22nd, I'm pretty damn sure something would have come out. Because, you know, obviously, you know, that's when, Dr., that's when uh, uh, President Kennedy was assassinated. But, Jerome, real quick, man, your thoughts on the 51st anniversary of the death of uh, Dr. Martin Luther King? Well, I, I think that it, it is another log in the fire of the hurdles that black people have to go through in this country. The issue is always what um, white supremacy is and what white privilege is. And we constantly fight that, right, because it has no interest to them unless they want to hold it over our heads. So every time we talk about Dr. King, it's always like, hey, I have a dream and little black boys and white kids can hold hands. Like, we, we're used, they use that as a weapon. They don't have no interest in their crimes against that man or any of that stuff, right? So we need to be conscious about it. And I know we're going to talk about the Joe Biden thing, but that was – I understand what he was saying, but I'll tell you why that's wrong thinking when when we talk later. Because we always have an issue of trying to figure out who the white folks are that is against us in public – Opposed to the ones who are against us in private 
So this is always going to be an ongoing, uh, ongoing fight with us because of how they treat us. So the reason you're not seeing any Martin Luther King stuff on TV is because we know that in 1999, December 8th, if you want to look it up, there was a unanimous verdict. It took four weeks of testimony, over 70 witnesses, in a civil trial in Memphis, Tennessee, where the 12 jurors reached that unanimous verdict that Dr. King's assassination was a result of the U.S. government conspiracy. Right? The New York Times reported this, December 8, 1999. So the King family filed that lawsuit was awarded $100. They donated that ball to charity because they told the government that they wouldn't sue them for a large amount of money so that they would give up the documents that helped them in this case. So if they can have an honest trial without getting money from it, see how that works? Black people can't sue them for money because then they won't be honest. So to get them to release the documents, the King family did not sue them like has an award of a, a, a nominal hundred dollars. So, mm-hmm. government that is that now honors Dr. King with a national holiday also killed him, and that should be general mm-hmm. knowledge. So, do you think today, uh, you know, any day this happened on April fourth, nineteen sixty-eight was assassination, but you would think that them covering Dr. King, you know, CNN, you have black anchors, right. you have. Whatever you would think, oh, if they cover this, they're going to have to cover that the United States was found guilty of conspiracy. But you hmm. can't cover well. this and not say that either. So they won't cover it. Have no interest in wow. it. Wow. That's why we call this man the smartest man in the world. His comments on Joe Biden would definitely uh, come during the third set. You guys hang around, stick around for that. And if you are a frequent listener of this show, you know what time it is. It's time for four minutes, something that you need to know in four minutes or less, a weekly segment. And what we try to do is we try to bring stories to your attention that it's not on the mainstream medias. They don't cover it, and it's things that we feel that you should know. This week's edition is something that's near and dear to my heart because I'm a guy that loves to travel especially by car. So uh, if you're one of the people that get out like I do, sit back and enjoy this week's edition of Informative Select, something that you need to know on the TJRS Radio Network. We'll be right back after this. Don't go anywhere. This week, the annual deficient bridge report came out, and it wasn't good. According to the American Road and Transport Builders Association, 47,000 bridges in this country are in poor condition and in need of urgent repair, including some iconic bridges like the Brooklyn Bridge in New York. Allison Black is chief economist for the group, and Allison, 47,000 bridges out of 600,000 total in the U.S. What's wrong with them exactly? Well, these are bridges where one of the key elements during the bridge inspection is rated in poor or worse condition. And usually that's either the deck or the superstructure above a bridge or the substructure underneath. And sometimes, you know, this isn't always visible to the traveling public, but they are in need of repair. It doesn't mean necessarily that they're about to fall down, right? That's right. What we saw in Tennessee this week was an extreme case, but these are bridges which, again, are in poor condition and they do need to be fixed. And in addition to those bridges that are structurally deficient, about four out of ten bridges 
uh, across the country need some sort of major rehabilitation work. So unfortunately, it's not just these 47,000 structures that need to be fixed. Can you explain the type of work that it would take to fix these bridges? Your report estimates that it would take 80 years, which is more than double what you thought it would take the year before. It takes double because the pace of repair has slowed significantly. So every year bridges are fixed, and as they're inspected, they're removed from the structurally deficient category. So overall, this past year, we reduced that number by about 550 bridges. So if we continue at this slow pace, that's where it's going to take over 80 years to fix them. It was a few years ago we were fixing these bridges at a much faster rate. What's happened? Why has the pace slowed? I just wonder if it has something to do with the fact that it's hard to get a construction worker anywhere in this country right now. I think part of it has to do with overall funding. We've seen a number of states pass initiatives to raise their gas taxes, which is certainly helping. And while we do have a federal aid bill, there's not a lot of new money. It really is just keeping pace with project costs and inflation. So I think we're really looking to Congress to step up and provide some additional resources. And I think if we saw a significant increase in the federal funding side of this, that would really go a long way to help. Now, we'll get there because I know that's an important part of this conversation. But last week, the state of Mississippi shut down 34 of its bridges. And I want to listen to this from the state's transportation director, Melinda McGrath, explaining why. Because imminent failure will occur. These bridges have been inspected by professional bridge inspection teams and deemed that they are dangerous to the public. So in one way or another, we are all driving on these bridges across the country. Do you think that we can trust that other state governments are taking the necessary steps to keep people safe? Yes, I think public safety is absolutely the number one concern of state DOTs and local governments. And what you're seeing in Mississippi is taking that responsibility to close those structures that are unsafe. The other steps that we see, which might be very common, is if you're driving over a bridge and you see that there are weight restrictions. But there's also a cost to that. There's an economic cost when freight shipments have to be rerouted, and we see that in many local communities. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Welcome back in. 347-850-1272 is our call-in number. It is time for one of my favorite parts of the show, something that's very popular for the listeners, and it's called YTP, which is short for Your Thoughts, Please, where we try to tackle as many topics as we can in a 30-minute segment. And, you know, this is fun because we, you know, listen, because usually if you're a first-time listener to the show, we, we have three segments, and uh, we try to talk about things. Uh, every segment that we think that's pertinent to our community and what the public need to hear. But every now and then, Ms. Elias, there's so much stuff going on, we want to try to get them all in at one show. So that's the reason why we did YTP, and it was so popular. So now we're trying to do it at least once or twice a month. So uh, without any further ado, let's get into the first story this morning on YTP, Your Thoughts, Please. Chairman of the House Ways and Means Committee sent this letter to the IRS, politely asking to see six years of tax returns from the president and his business. 
He cites an arcane piece of tax law that allows him to see any American's tax returns as long as it's for a legitimate legislative reason. Now, in this case, Congressman Neal says this has nothing to do with partisan politics. He says he needs the president's tax returns to check in on how the IRS, quote, audits and oversees the federal tax laws against a sitting president. Now, right away, the president was adamant that he would not release his tax returns without a fight. He says the law is 100% on his side, that the IRS has no reason to give in to the Democrats' request and turn over his returns. And today, the president escalated that fight over this by hiring a lawyer, a lawyer who sent this letter to the IRS calling into question the legal ground that Democrats are standing on. Quote, I write to explain why Chairman Neal cannot legally request and the IRS cannot legally divulge the president's tax returns. Requests for tax returns and return information must have a legitimate legislative purpose. Chairman Neal's requests flout these fundamental constitutional constraints. Ways and Means has no legitimate committee purpose for requesting the president's tax returns or return information. Chairman Neal wants the president's tax returns and return information because his party recently gained control of the House. The president is their political opponent, and they want to use the information to damage him politically. Mr. Elias, let me ask you something, man. Now, yes, sir. every presidential candidate <laughs> in recent history, in modern history, I should say, has released their tax returns. And so for all you people who support Donald Trump, can't you see what's going on, Mr. Elias, man? Your thoughts, please. My thoughts are this. Didn't he say that he was going to release his tax returns when he was running? But they were auditing, auditing him? This is the longest audit I've seen the audit in my is entire over. life. The, the, uh, this is the longest audit I've seen in my life. Why don't he, why don't he release his tax returns? What is he hiding? Why won't he release his tax returns? Is that such a big deal? Then you get somebody to say, well, his tax returns aren't important. Well, they are, because they tell who this person not. You know, every other person that has ran for president has released their tax returns, except for this clown. I wonder why. Because could it be that his son <laughs> said, we get our money from Russia? We don't have any problem getting any, any money. Russia gives us money all the time. Could it be that? I don't know. Just saying. Well, you know, you just say it. But, but, but here's the thing now, like Mr. Elias said, you know, this is one of the longest uh, audits of someone's personal taxes or business taxes in the history of auditing. And it's not unprecedented for people who are under tax audit to release their taxes. We've seen this before as well. So, Jerome, how can he continue to lie on this? And how can people continue to fall for the banana in the tailpipe? Because this guy knows that he is doing illegal stuff or he has done illegal stuff and yet his followers will continue to drink drink the damn great Kool-Aid man YTP man your thoughts please well you know again it's like we said in the first segment um, I don't think that media is covering and they, you know I don't think it's any consolation prize that they're saying we didn't do a good job covering him or we didn't know how because he lied so much we stopped covering the lies it's like they are legitimate, le- legitimizing um, a psychopath or, or, or whatever they want to label him because his, his issue is 
that he's doing that in plain sight, and they're acting like it's not happening. So, you know, he's not giving up his taxes, but then they want to make a rule that everybody else needs to have their taxes in. That's stupid. Right? Let him be the abomination to the system. You don't need a new law telling everybody that they must release their taxes. If the Republicans were dumb enough to vote for him, with him having all of these irregularities, is what they like to call them, in his background, then technically that's their fault. But the Democrats always so overreact to every doggone thing that it's like, oh, well, we need to make sure that he has to do something. Believe me, every law has a counter law, and they will waive whatever they create. So that dude's not ever giving up his taxes because the Republicans have strict control over what they do in their primaries like the Democrats have control of what they do in theirs. So this is not helping any of us, and we need to be careful when somebody starts putting restrictions in because somebody else did something. For example, I don't steal, right? Never have. But I hate being searched. But me not being searched doesn't mean that I steal. You know what I mean? You cannot just overwhelmingly tell everybody that they need to do something because that dude is a criminal. Because that's what he is, and they need to own it. But let me ask you a question because you said something that was interesting. You don't think they should put something in place because apparently what Donald Trump is doing, he is really rewriting the rules when it comes to whoever serves uh, in that office moving uh, forward after his administration is over. You don't think they should put a law in place that require candidates to do this so we won't have these issues in the future? Require them to show their taxes? Yeah. Why, why would you? <laughs> What are your? I'm just asking. Them. Well, listen. Why, no, no. Why did they well, show okay, up in the first place? Listen, that's the case. That. The reason. Say it again. No, I'm saying if that's the case, then why are other candidates doing? It? I mean, if it's, you know, it's almost well, like one of those made it the rules. Well, they're, Maine they're, they're, made of the law. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. They're, they're doing yeah, what? Elias cannot vote. You said Maine has made it a law that you cannot run for president. If you are in their state, unless you show your tax returns. Yeah, but yeah, and, and like I said before, these are stupid laws, right? Because the founding fathers of the country, not that I ever quote those folks, but they did this on purpose, right? If you have people have to show their taxes, you can say, oh, you, you only work minimum wage, so how can you run for president? Then it's not supposed to be based upon how wealthy you are, your social status, or none of that. So if you put those barriers in front of people, people are not going to run. They want to see his taxes because they know he did something illegal and he was he was committing fraud and he was doing some other stuff. But as a barrier to run for president, it is just damn stupid. And we need to be careful, right? Because we are gonna we are creating that state that we always fear. That only people who can run for, for office is gonna be wealthy, have um, political connections have um, um, you know voter suppression is going to play in this thing and actually can get through on the party side because I want everybody to remember this the Republican Party was more partial to black folks when the party started and it became and the Democratic Party was racist and conservative and it tells you wherever the popular kids are they will infiltrate that side and then make that part racist and conservative. So what's going on with the Democratic Party is since black people are over there and more liberal people are over there, it's becoming conservative again. 
it's gonna it's gonna flip flop. So you think that all the conservative people on the Republican side and the conservative people act like they're your friends and they're getting on the Democratic side and they're about to make that uh, they're gonna make that conservative. I guarantee it because it's happened before and it always happens. Because since the Democrat is a big tent party, you better watch those people in there trying to sway things like putting barriers on how you and why you should be able to do whatever it is that you want to do in life. Be careful of those fools. All right, you heard the man. Be careful. Tell you what, speaking of being careful, this next story is a little troubling, but let's move on. This video is hard to watch, but a lot of you have. It's now racked up thousands of views. Rebecca Lopez got an exclusive interview about this beating with the Dallas County District Attorney. DeFellum used to be a safe zone for African Americans. Community activists are demanding more action after a video surfaced of a black woman being repeatedly punched by a white man in DeFellum. The suspect, Austin Sheffield, was charged with three misdemeanor crimes. We want to see a hate crime and an aggravated assault come from Dallas Police Department. So yes, the, the, the heat should be towards uh, Chief Hall right now. Activists say the victim has told them that the suspect used racial slurs while he was punching her, although a police report does not indicate she made that allegation initially. And she did not say that in an interview with News 8, but she did describe her fear. I'm just glad that like I'm still alive because he could he, I could have I could have died last night. However, some of Sheffield's social media posts have surfaced. News 8 obtained one from an official source. The post appears to come from his Facebook in 2010. It uses the N-word, and there's a threat of beating up a black woman. We as black women, we as brown women, we cannot feel safe in our own city. Activists are angry about the misdemeanor charges and low bond, which allowed Sheffield to get out of jail. We live in a society today. What white male privilege can get you out on misdemeanor charges? If you ever see the video of this, it's very hard to watch. This big white guy. I mean, it started off, first of all, let's put it in perspective. What happened was the police, when they got on the scene, actually initially charged her uh, because she hit his truck, I guess, by accident or some type of accident. And this guy... When I tell you that he is swinging on her as if he's in a heavyweight title, heavyweight championship bout, he's giving her uppercuts after uppercuts after uppercuts, and you know it's just disturbing to watch. But you know, Mr. Elias, this is the America that we live in, especially under this president that's currently uh, in the White House. Your thoughts, please. Well, you know what, man, this was a very disturbing video for me because if, if I would have seen this cat punching her. I'm sorry. I'd have jumped in and tried to beat the brakes off of him, man. I, I thought, how, you know, how disrespectful for him to just swing on a woman like that, man. It was, it was crazy. He, he was, he was fighting this woman like a man. And then yeah. yelling racial epithets after that, man. I'd have, oh my God. It, I'm sorry. This when it took much. It when it took much. I, I, and then for you know, the first thing they do is you know. They don't find out what's going on, and they 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 they, they come after her. You know, Mr. Elliott, wow. the thing that was 
tough for me was whoever was videotaping this thing was coming up to me, yo, bro, that's a girl. Instead of you getting up and running over there and, and trying to stop yeah. it, you're going to yell from, hey, yo, man, what you doing, what you doing? I mean, you know, Jerome, once again, you know, we do a segment called Living Wild Black. Here's another situation where, you know, this guy, I mean, what I'm telling you, man, he is beating the crap out. I'm, let me tell you something. Golf clap to her. Man, look, some of those blows she was hit, he was hitting her with, Man, that would have knocked the average man down. And, and she, t- I mean, he hit her with what? At least four uppercuts, Mr. Elias? And all yeah. the hand rights? And she still was standing. But, Jerome, once again, here's a situation where people always talk about black folks playing the race card. If you flip that situation and you had some brother beating the hell out of some blonde, blue-eyed white woman, man, they would have had 18 police cars. That boy would have been on the news or probably shot. Your thoughts, please. Yep, you already know that. Like, that's not even, that's not even debatable what that would, what that would have looked like if it was um, a white female and a black male. Again, we don't need to see this movie too many more times about what white privilege is in here and what supremacy is. We just need to have them own it. You know what I mean? And so I'm not, I can't play that scenario to my head because I'm, I'm going to say the exact same thing that LES said. But what I will do is I'll just say that we need to understand that white folks' pathology is something that we need to get an understanding of and get a grip on. Because this is not getting any better for us the more we in denial to say everybody's everybody and we all bleed red and blah, blah, blah. We are getting killed. We need to get over it. I mean, I'm not asking you to have no debate with your white neighbor. I'm just saying understand what the pathology is and move accordingly. You know, You know, this guy was dressed in all black, big old beard. You know, I guess we shouldn't stereotype anyone. But then they went back and looked at some of his Facebooks, Facebook postings, and he talks about kicking the blank, blank, blank out of some fat, black, blah, 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 blah. You know, I, I mean, this is a 2010 uh, post. Uh, these but people live amongst us, folks. And, I, and you need I to be careful. They, they live amongst us. Go ahead. Yeah, talk. I can say this, too, is that they, they, they totally live through stereotypes with black folks, right? So even when they talk about Trump, they are talking about he stoked nativism in people. No, what he stoked was white people's fear of black people and and anybody who's brown. I I don't care if you're Asian or Mexican, they they stoke fear in them. So they need to admit that it's in them, is what I'm saying, because uh, part of the problem is, is that we keep acting like you know, on their good days, everything is everything, and we all cool people. But if you can have somebody like Trump come around and be like, they're taking your jobs. They are rapists and killers. To, for you to believe that, you have to have some sense of already in you, some belief system that that stuff is true. That does not come out the blue. So that's coming from some place. And so when... Um, a white male puts his hand on a black woman and he says something like, I was in fear that she was going to beat me down or something. But the jury will buy that. You know, they recently convicted a black man of, of race. A white jury did. And come to find out he didn't even do it. They unanimously convicted him. Yep. I right? that story too. So 
you you have to say their pathology. They first of all need an adjustment and all of that. But again, we need to handle this differently. I don't I don't play. If I see somebody put their hands on a black woman, I'm gonna have a problem. I don't care who that. I don't care who it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and I know some black women can fight, so I I ain't even I am not delusional about that, <laughs> right? And I, sometimes <laughs> they will come <laughs> knock you out. But I am telling you that I will stop it in my presence. And so we need to own this yeah. to say, you look out for your people, because nobody else is. Um, nobody else is looking out. You for know, you. it just no. You're right, but you're right, Jerome. You know, it reminded me of a story, and I may have even told it on the show when I was at home and I was sitting in the red light, and this guy that this was a brother beating the crap out of, out of a sister. But, you know, I had to intervene. I just couldn't sit back and watch that. For any male to sit back and watch a female get just, and especially in that situation, I mean, you know, just get just just pummeled. I mean, he was just hitting her with uppercut after uppercut after uppercut. I mean, he was really trying to take her down. And like I said, hey, I'm not trying to be funny. I mean, she took her like a champ. I mean, she was standing up. She was staggered. I'm thinking, hell, if he'd hit me with a couple of those, I'd have been out. I mean, good gracious. I mean, he was, I mean, my God, it was just ridiculous to watch. Ridiculous to watch. All right, uh, we have time for one more. Let's get into this last YTP. The man suspected of killing Grammy-nominated rapper Nipsey Hussle has pleaded not guilty. Prosecutors charged 29-year-old Eric Holder with murder, two counts of attempted murder, and one count of possession of a firearm by a felon Thursday. Hussle was fatally shot outside his clothing store in South Los Angeles. If convicted, Holder would face a maximum sentence of life in prison. He's being held at the county jail on $7 million bail. Now I have to admit, I had never heard of this guy until this uh, this uh, crime happened. So I have to admit, I, I didn't hear, hear of him. Never knew who he was. Uh, when I heard Nipsey Hussle, I was thinking Nipsey Russell at first. I'm like, what? Well, I thought Nipsey Russell was dead. But you know, Miss Elias, uh, you know, I watched the shooting uh, on YouTube, which you know, I, I felt bad by watching it, but you know, because we do a news type program, wanted to make sure I kind of knew everything. Uh, because it's a shame that we live in this day and age where somebody's death could be, you know, you just can't get past it. You can just go and watch it. And, you know, I think we talked about this last week. This guy just walked up, shot him. Then he walked away, came back, shot him again. Then he came back and shot him again and kicked him in the head as he ran off. And so thank God they have this guy in custody. Your thoughts, please. My thoughts are, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm like you. I, I heard of Nipsey Hussle, but I never heard of any of his music. Then as I start reading about this, this young man, to find out how, how, how involved this young man was in the community and what he was doing for the young people and how he was putting his, you know, putting his, his name where his mouth was, man. He believed in housing for the community. He believed in getting young people out to vote. He believed in empowering young people. I had nothing but, I had nothing but you, know, you know, applause for this young man because this young man, is is doing what he's supposed to do. He's standing up for his community, and I, I appreciate that, man. And you know, for this this other young man to come in and they said he was a snitch to kill him and to take his life is 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 is, is, is astounding. It is just unbelievable, man. Uh, Jerome, man, your thoughts, please, on this whole thing with Nipsey Hussle and the fact that the young man was caught. 
going to read the message that I got during the week uh, about this. But your thoughts, please. Yeah, you know, um, I um, I'm, and I'm familiar with him, and I just want to say that it 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 is difficult when you're in an area where random violence happens. And I know it was somebody who knew him, so nobody can put their energy towards, um, you know, resolution. We're, we'll get no peace because it was so senseless to us on why someone would shoot him when he was doing so much positive stuff, right? It doesn't really fall in the conspiracy area, but it really does say that even changing your community when people say, how can you go back to your community and make a change? And, you know, knowing that all of these gangs, different gangs got together um, and called a truce after he was after he was killed because he had respect amongst all of those other guys from even walking in their space, having conversations with them. Right. The issue is always, you know, even though his area would have protected him, the person closest to you, this hides in plain sight in every cartoon. Everybody's arch enemy is a friend of theirs. And there's a reason for this, and I won't go into it, but the thing is is that in this situation, we are always at a big loss for people trying to make a positive change without selling everybody else out. And then when your own folks kill you in that process for being petty or being jealous, it hurts that much more. So I don't have anything to add to it, but it is... It is very difficult, a very difficult situation for any of us to um, to articulate a difficult one. You know, I was trying to, while you were talking, I was trying to pull up one of these messages that I received on one of our uh, social media websites. And I can't remember, I can't find it, but I do remember what the person was saying. The person was saying in so many words that how can how can a community celebrate a guy who made his made most of his money doing the drug game and now all of a sudden he wants to turn his life around. I mean, so does that mean you go out and rob banks and do all these types of things and then you say all of a sudden I'm good, I want to do the right thing and, and so why are we celebrating a figure like that? And uh, you know, I, listen, I think anyone has the right to change. Listen, what they say, when you started, right? he who has not cast a sin, cast a throw the first stone or whatever it says, come no, on guys. You don't even have to go that I mean, far. You don't even have to okay. go that far. Joe Kennedy. Break it down. Um, black liquor. Yeah. He was a mob guy, <laughs> right? But yeah. you celebrate his kids. <laughs> Donald Trump's daddy was go. a big KKK guy. And you celebrate him like we should respect the president. You name somebody who is, who's in great power who have not committed a crime, and I will call you a lie. Because even Bill Gates World and the World Health Organization sterilized over 500,000 people in Kenya. So, ooh, I'm sorry, the vaccination that was given you expired. How would something that expired will sterilize you? So don't tell me about no crimes and people having redemption in crimes. That dude was not committing a crime when he died. Right? So... You cannot go keep going back looking over somebody's life, and you don't know that he had more money when he was selling drugs than he has now. That dude had money. I think it was reported that Jay-Z set up a $15 million trust fund for his kids. Yeah. So mind your business and stop trying to pick that dude apart because you feel like we shouldn't honor somebody because of whatever your fake moral outrage is going to be. 
Let that man be him. And if he didn't do anything that put him in a bad position, leave him alone. None of your business what he did in the past. I want to challenge you on that whole thing about people in power and and crime. You know I'm going to declare President Obama. He's an exception, right? Well, okay, but here's the thing. What I'm saying to you is that, you know, and this is the part of debate I hate, because even if you pick one person who that has not happened to, that does not mean that Donald Trump wasn't friends with that um, um, Jeffrey uh, uh, Epstein. Who had to kill yeah, the yep. seen the guy who yeah who's getting off of that yeah, yeah. yeah and Bill Clinton no, I know, I, I, yeah. right so yep. all I'm saying is that when you start going back digging through anything you can't yeah. say oh well you know what we need to negate everything because of somebody's past now they were they were currently associated with him so I don't mean to put those two here in the same category but just to say <laughs> that as as black folks. You know how the communities are across this country. We have cousins, yeah. friends, family, went to elementary with somebody who probably did something. So you're telling me I'm disqualified for doing anything because I have, because I actually personally know somebody who did something that was illegal. So you can't, you can't judge that man for none of that, right? I don't care if he was selling weed. Now weed's legal, and they act like black people can't sell it. It's like, yo, what's something wrong with you? You know what I mean? We, we, they we ought to do us gonna be legal. That, they ain't going to be saying? illegal anymore, but their their weed arrest is going to count against them, or them selling is going to count against them. Yeah, my friend. All right. Listen, uh, YTP, over, thank you so much. Coming up next, we're going to talk about Joe Biden. And uh, women, get ready, because I'm going to say some things. The serious side continues after a short break. It is the best Sunday morning online radio show, period. Hi, I'm Jay, the host of the serious side of the TGRS, and I'm asking you to come join me and my friends for some serious conversation before you go to church. It's the serious side of the TGRS. Happens every Sunday morning, 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, right here on the BTR Radio Network.
my intent to make light of anyone's discomfort. I realize my responsibility is to not invade the space of anyone who is uncomfortable in that regard. And, uh, uh, and I, I hope it wasn't taken that way. Welcome back in. 347-850-1272. It is the top of the hour. Well, slightly after the top of the hour, you're listening to the serious side of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio. And it's best, of course, it's that time of the show where we say good morning to our panelists and good morning to the peeps, or at least some of the peeps who are listening to the show. Let's say good morning to the smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome. What's going on, man? Good morning. Good morning, man. How you doing? Hey, just another day in paradise, sir, living in your world, trying to, you know what uh, Orange Juice Jones said. Bam! <laughs> the man who really runs everything around here, the only Mr. L to the E to the S. What's up, man? How you doing? Good morning. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Jerome. How you guys doing this morning? Good, bro. Doing outstanding, my man. Of course, Johnny D has the morning off. Vanessa Mae Belly, I guess she drank too much, so she's not here this morning, even though she said she was coming. She's on a cruise, just living the living her best life. Of course, we're praying for Kathleen Weems for her to get better soon. Uh, let's say good morning to some people in the chat, Mr. Elias. If we can, who do we have in there, sir? We got uh, Easy Rider in there, uh, Bubble Boy. Easy. Bovina Man was the in there, and we got the very lovely Momo B in there with us. Hey, Momo B. Hey, Momo, how you doing? Momo B sexy self. All right, let's say good morning to people out there on social media. The pastor's in. Pastor Jones is in the house. Mariana Music is tuning in. Hey, Mariana. Justin, Jeannie, Frank. Oh, man, Devon. What kind of name is that? All right, Devon, I see you. Now, Jeannie, I'm going to say this right now because apparently I'm not – I'll just read your comments during Chatterbox. How about that? Also, to Robert, what's going on? To Karen, Gail, and the many host of people who are listening and tuning in uh, on social media. Speaking of social media, our director of social media outreach, Jackie, is in the house. Good morning, Jackie. How are you? I'm doing well. How's everybody doing today? Good morning, Rich. Good morning. Good morning. Good. All right, Jackie, tell people how they can stay in tune with the show, even when the show is not live. Well, if you want more info about the TJRS Radio Network, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And all three pages have the same ending handle. Facebook.com slash groups, Twitter.com, Instagram.com slash TJRS Radio. Keep up with us. Keep up with us. I want to say what's up to Convener Man. Convener Man made a comment on my Instagram page, the J. Riles Show. You know, that Instagram page has been around for so long, I never publicized it. But all of a sudden, I said, you know what? It's time for people to know who I am. So I take you on that ride. Just hang out with me. So like Jackie said, hang out with the show. Go check out the show. Become a part of our social media family. You can also check out the J. Riles Show, that Instagram page as well. We appreciate you hanging out. 347-850-1272 is our call at number 347-850-1272. It is time for our third segment. And this past week, Joe Biden has been on the defense. Now, for a person who's not running for president, wink, wink, he's sure trying to put together a plan to try to fight what's going on, these allegations. Now, before we get started, I told the ladies that you're going to probably get upset with some of my comments during this segment. So what I'm going to do is I am going to, since Jackie, you're here, 
want to get your comments on Joe Biden. I want to hear it from a female's perspective. Then I'm going to let my partner get in here, and I'll say my comments towards the end, so that way I can just get out of the show without being challenged. How about that? It doesn't work. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, Jackie, what do you think this whole thing with Joe Biden? And then we got to get back out to the phone calls. What can we have another phone call, Mr. Elias? All right, uh, what do you have to say about Joe Biden, uh, uh, Jackie? What do you think about all this? Do you think this is a whole bunch to do about nothing? Or, I mean, are there really concerns about the vice president being so touchy-feely, feely-touchy? Your thoughts, please. Um, well, I, I definitely heard that clip uh, that was played at the beginning. Um, definitely he wants to be careful you know starting off I'm sure he didn't mean anything to me by uh, he didn't mean anything by you know whatever touches he did before he didn't to me I feel it was innocent and he didn't mean nothing by it but now you kind of got to be careful you can't be acting like you're making light of the situation now because it is a situation of concern. So you can't, you okay. got to kind of watch, he got, he got to kind of watch what he's saying now. Careful. Because although you may not admit anything about it before, see, see, don't make yourself look guilty and make it seem like you don't care, like it's not an issue. Oh, it is an issue. Guilty of what, though, Jackie? Because the ladies have said that, look, the bottom line is it wasn't sexual. And he said, I'm not apologizing for the intent. He's like, look, you know, from the old school, you know, we, we shake hands, we, we hug. We, you know, th- those are the types of things that we do. He, he feels that politics, you know, it needs to stop being this, hey, keep your eye on the rope line, look past the person that you're talking to just going through the motions because that's what you're trying to do to get their vote. He wants to connect with people. What's wrong with that? But, but that's fine, Jay. But unfortunately, in this atmosphere we're in, yeah. certain things is just not smart to do right now. Typically, you you right. But this atmosphere, you, you better pay attention to the atmosphere you're in. See, with all this me tooness going on, <laughs> you, you just, I, I get you. You're right. It probably shouldn't been an issue. And, and you're right. I, I, I just heard that clip, though, where he was talking about, I gave he gave me permission to touch him. He gave me permission. You know, you're right. In a typical situation, it, it should be okay, but. In this environment that we're in right now, it's not smart. I'm just saying okay. it's not smart. It's not smart. Okay. All right. Well, listen, I, I appreciate it. I wanted to get a female's perspective since all of our females are out this morning. Okay. Well, thank you so much for your comments. Let me, uh, Mr. Elias, um, you know, listen, man, what do you think about this stuff, man? I mean, is this a, a whole bunch to do about nothing? I mean, the bottom line is is that uh, I was watching uh, this past week on MSNBC and uh, Capehart, uh, the guy that uh, from the Washington Post, he's a uh, MSNBC contributor. He told the story about how, you know, the vice president grabbed him by his cheeks and kind of went, you know, forehead to forehead and said, hey, guy, you really made that happen. He's just that type of guy. But when you listen to these women talk, 
It's like, oh, my God, he invaded my personal space, and, you know, it's not okay, and his, uh, you know, his, his apology didn't go far enough. I mean, what are we talking about here, man? I mean, is it just me, or is this just being blown out of proportion? Well, look, man, I, I'm going to put it like this, man. I, I'm looking at the chat. Don't be scared, Mr. Elliott. Oh, I'm not scared. Okay. I'm looking at the chat with Volpo Bright. And he's talking about yeah. the mic was live, and he's talking about what Joe Biden said. Well, hey, Bobo Bright, the mic was live when Trump said, I walk in, I, I approach him and grab him, uh, and grab him by the pee. Still didn't stop you from voting for him. Look, man, okay, he apologized for what he did. Has Trump ever apologized for just walking in and grabbing women by the pee? Said he, he moves on them like a bee and grabs them by the pee. Look, it's, it's to do about nothing on a lot of, on, on a lot of issues. If, if he invaded their personal space, a lot of a lot of the old school guys are like that. Did he grab anybody inappropriately? Did he touch him in the wrong spot? And then they got a one of the women that accused him of, of touching him inappropriately on her shoulder. They got a picture of her touching him on her, touching him on. She's touching him on her, on his shoulder. So. Look, man, okay, I, I, if you feel that, that I've done something to you, I apologize to you, but I've never grabbed any woman by the pee. That's all he has to say. <laughs> you know. Uh, before we get to the phone call, what about you, Jerome? What, what do you think about this thing, man? You know, because, like I said, I think my comments are going to piss ladies off. Uh, but, you know, I'll just save those for last, and then I can, we can go straight to commercial. But anyway, what do you, what do you think, Jerome? Well, what do you think about this? Well, I'm uh, glad you think mine is not going to So that's kind of cool. <laughs> well, but see, you do it all the time. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, oh, come on. I mean, he, Elliot you know. just told me out. He was like, well, you piss him off all the time. It's me. It's Jay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not ladies. I'm just saying that, you know, you make your comments, and you know, it's like, hey, you know what? Hey, you said Jay or whoever the comments, I don't care. But so that's that's you. You know, I, I try to, you know, I'm trying to skate through this thing, man. I'm already not popular with one of our female listeners. So I'm just trying to, you know, make up for it. Hey, you know, Mariana, as long as I say it about 90%, like approval rating with you, I am going to be all right. It's like, oh. Piss her off every now and then. <laughs> See, I'm right. I'm at about fifty with her, that's so uh, I'm just trying to get my get my numbers up. Phone numbers. That's it. You're right. Here's the thing. Um, for you know, I know someone wrote in earlier and or called in earlier and said something about Joe Biden running and, and all this. The problem is, the very first person who said I felt uncomfortable. He didn't break no laws. He didn't sexually assault her. He did not. She felt uncomfortable. We're black. You know how many times I felt uncomfortable <laughs> around folks, mm-hmm. right? And That's what I was thinking. I'm gonna say this: that woman is a Bernie Sanders supporter, and there are pictures floating up yep. for her with Bernie with his hands on her, right? So mm. I'm saying, just like last time, I know the Clintons did Bernie wrong. They did Obama wrong. I know all of that stuff. But for those folks to start coming out, planting stuff to have, I, I'm not even saying plant stuff. They're giving these women television time. He didn't sexually yeah. assault them. He didn't do nothing criminal, <laughs> nothing sexual about it. Right. That's, that's what Trump supporters are saying. It's not it's sexual. He, he, he said something to a child. But Trump sexually assaults women. But that's not a crime. 
He's exactly. Assaulted woman. Like, really? Exactly. He assaulted people. Who should, he should be in jail. Really? Right. He should be in jail. Right. So your comfort level just says, why don't you just get your butt off stage? Like, why don't you just walk away? You don't have to do a take no selfie with nobody, right? Because, and I'm not, I'm not downplaying the fact that some people are handsy. I know some women who are handsy. Handsy. I've been in a lot of political rooms and a lot of, of, of events and action committee meetings, and people get drunk and they get. I'm like, let me move away from this, this child, right? But at the same time, those are not crimes. You're trying to get Biden out on something that is an appearance. It is just like what's his name, um, Minnesota. From Minnesota, the senator uh, Al Franken. It's just like Al Franken, right? He didn't touch that woman. He had his hands about what four feet away from her to make it look like he was touching her, and they got him out for that. The Democrats need to—they need to be careful. And black people personally don't fall for this because I don't know about people who are non-black who feel some kind of way about this, but. Just because it looks like something don't mean it can lead to something. It's like saying it's a gateway drug. Like, if you're going to do this, then you're going to do that. People, like, jump the, um, jump ahead 12 paces because they're sensitive about uh, women and sexual assault. Again, you know, I'm not, saying, I'm not downplaying that. And see, even me saying that makes me feel uncomfortable. Because I shouldn't even have to say that. You shouldn't go through the assumption because a guy said something that he committed some kind of egregious act. Joe Biden is making fun of it, and he should be. Because being that I I don't sexually assault on, on, um, I, I don't sexually assault women or anybody, the fact that me being sensitive to it, it is hard for me to be more overly sensitive to something that I don't do. So if I hug somebody and they say I felt uncomfortable, I'm like, well, I hug people all the time. So that might be just in that person. I understand what victims feel like they are, um, they feel uncomfortable. But if he didn't know that and he's always hugging people just because you don't like people touching you you're, and you say you're uncomfortable, hell, just tell them not to hug you. But that, right. that's problematic for us to go through so many different scenarios of, right and wrongdoing when you have something so egregious as somebody talking about neo-Nazis got some good people and some bad people, grab them by the crotch and all that other stuff. We know where that dude stands, and you're going to question somebody just because somebody said they felt uncomfortable. Right? Right. And, and, as, far as, and as far as Joe Biden, sorry to make this long, but as far as Joe Biden is concerned in running, I just want to say this. If the eight years of him being in the um, subservient administration under 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 Obama as vice president, he should have learned something. So one of the best things that he said since he's been out is that when they said, "Are you a, a socialist or a liberal Democrat or conservative or moderate?" He said, "I'm an Obama Biden Democrat." That's what he said, and that is a good line to stand on because what that means is. He is not going to be that doggone liberal, but he is definitely not that conservative either. I mean, he's not going to be a socialist. He's going to be liberal in some areas, and some areas he's not. Mm-hmm. But I can tell you this, if that's within in the pathology 
of Midwestern white folks, then Joe Biden is the person to run because he's not gonna he's not gonna cater to him as much as you think he is. I don't trust O'Rourke because of that because he wow, is more a, conservative as a Democrat, you know. And then we're acting like he's liberal, you know. So it depends where you stand right. on this. But Biden does not disqualify because of that nonsense. That's crazy. We shouldn't even be talking about it. You know, that's interesting. See, okay, see, I told you, see, that's when you say stuff like that, and I'm going to say something, but let me get out to the caller because you did make it. You know, we had a caller that called into the show earlier, and he talked about why Biden shouldn't be the representative for the Democratic Party. He's back in the queue, so let's bring him back in. Uh, Naj, you're, you're back on the line, man. We're talking about Biden, so go ahead with your comments. Yeah, indeed. I, I jumped the gun earlier, so let's, you know, so let's get into it's okay. it now. No, uh, I agree with what you're saying about that particular issue, when you're talking about the, the woman who said she felt uncomfortable, that's a whole other story from talking about him as a nominee. Uh, the Me Too movement, no matter what, they, they have a difficult thing because every accusation can't be treated as a, 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 a sense of uh, a mission of guilt. So they're going to have to figure out how do they, you know, actually get the concerns of women to be heard and addressed, but also they can't fall right. into hysteria of any accusation is credible. So, of course, that part right. is thrown out the window. But the idea that the Democrats are going to run a centrist Democrat again in this phase, like, nah, man, that, that's not it, clearly. And not only is the polling showing that, but also just, uh, just what people are dealing with day to day kind of shows, like, this is not the answer. Now, he might have said he was an Obama-Biden Democrat, but he also talked about how millennials need to stop crying and do X, Y, and Z, uh, which is a huge chunk of the base that they're actually going to need to win. This is the ideal candidate for Trump to serve another four years. You put Biden up there, he gets hammered on everything that we talked about before, and Trump walks away, Trump walks away as the incompetent uh, person who won again because he's able to pull enough independence. Uh, to swing it his way, so I, I think Biden's a horrible candidate. I don't, I don't think the idea of democratic centrism is even realistic at this point. And no, I'm not a Bernie Sanders supporter. Uh, I don't think he'll even be close to the nomination either. But man, I, I think we're doing a lot of work for Biden when we're just presenting him as uh, Obama's buddy. No, let's go by his record. Let me ask you a question then. Uh, let me ask you a question. I said, who who do you support? I mean, who, I mean, if you you don't mind sharing that information. Early on. Oh, man. Oh, man. It's rough, brother. It's rough. Oh, okay. Should we check uh, back with you ultimately, later? Ultimately, I'm going to. Are you undecided? Uh-huh. No, I'm not confused at all. Ultimately, I'm going to side with the nominee. But as of right now, as right. we're watching it, no, I don't want to vote for O'Rourke. No, I don't want to vote for Sanders. No, I don't want to vote for Biden. So we're ultimately coming down to this. Whichever candidate has the best chance of beating Trump, that's who I'm going to draw my vote for. So me saying I don't like Biden doesn't mean, oh, if he's the nominee, I won't vote. No, I'm not saying that at all. Okay. All right, brother. Well, we appreciate you, man, tuning in. Hopefully this won't be your first time. I don't know if you've been listening before, but uh, what you say, Jerome? Yeah, I want to respond to that. I I agree with um, probably about 80% of what you're saying. Because, you know, I always believe that Democrats, don't they don't think you know when it really comes down to how they pick their candidates i don't agree with biden i mean and i understand because biden is pretty conservative as far as what the climate is out here but i think you can push biden right 
I think that even in him being wrong, I think as president you can push him. I'm more concerned that you get more Democrats in Congress to put up the legislation. Nancy Pelosi will hold that up because she is 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 a little bit more conservative. She's like Biden. You can't have them both be that way. So when I look at people pushing their agenda, uh, their agenda like Ayanna Presley and those guys, I'm like, okay, maybe we're looking at this wrong. We need to change the laws because even when Obama was there, Obama said, I can't change the laws. You have to push Congress to change the laws. Give me something I can sign, right? So whether it's Biden or not, I am saying that you have to have a Congress that can push them. So everybody keeps doing this, you know, here's what happened during, during Trump's race before. So it's, it's just as easy as him getting independence back against a Democrat. It ain't like that. Because if, even if you look at the numbers from last year and the year before, the Democrats has won by, I think it's something like 8 million more votes than the, than the Republicans. It's the most in generations. Right? Yeah. They're not getting those people back that easy. Like, under no circumstances do you, that anybody should believe that, uh, that Trump is starting off with the same amount of votes that he did against Clinton. Clinton's not there anymore. They lost a gang of house seats, and they're going to lose a gang more trying to repeal affordable health care and then locking people out and still keeping kids in cages and then talking about it's going to take two years to reunite them with their families. He lost a gang of people. So don't believe yeah. that it's even and that he's going to be able to come back from that and get the same demographic. That demographic has left him. So we're not in the same place that we were in 16. Now, right now, if, if pendulum swings so far to the Democratic side, even if they lost some Democrats, they still are going to win in a landslide. That's why Republicans are keeping their mouth shut right now. Because by the time that Mueller report starts to actually really get out, he is not going to have a chance in hell. The Republicans are going to have to get another candidate up there. And I can tell you that Pence is not the one. They're not going to do that. Well, they have to be waiting for the contingency. I guarantee you that they do. Because he's going to end up dropping out of it. Yeah, they're going to have to have a contingency. How are you you going to say I mean, I... So I, don't anyway, I, I, I don't know. I, I just yeah. thought those were uh, right. Yeah. 347-850-1272. Uh, wow. Uh, so here are my comments here real quick on this. And, and uh, you know, I'm glad that the segment ran all the way up until the buzzer, so I don't have a lot of time to really stick my foot into what I'm about to say. I think this is a whole bunch to do about nothing. I, I do. I really, truly believe that where are we as a nation that every time a woman cries foul, that everything stops, and now we have to investigate it. You know, I mean, come on, women lie just like men. I mean, so don't sit here and act as if that they don't have some type of ulterior motive going on. You know, like Jerome said, these people, some of these people are Bernie Sanders supporters. So why didn't this come out? Well, let me let me backtrack because I know that uh, they said that one of the women she made she she made some comments when it happened and all this other stuff. But my goodness, are you so? Are you so touchy-feely? You know, listen, I've been on crowded subways. I felt people grabbing my butt. I didn't oh, let me call a news conference and, and say, oh, this person. Come on, folks. Stop with all this nonsense. You should have just walked away when he did it, or you should have just reached out to him personally and said, hey, you know what? That made me feel uncomfortable. But everybody wants 15 minutes. And the bottom line is that it's nonsense. 
I'm so tired that every time a man says, you know, we had we talked about this on the show a few months ago, or maybe it was about a year ago, that, you know, if a person, yeah, it was a year. No matter of fact, it was in 2016 when we had this, when we had this conversation, Mr. Elias, when I asked the question, if someone did something when they were like 22, 23 years old, you know, grab a woman on her butt or whatever the case may be, their track record has been clean since then. They run for office. This comes up. All of a sudden, this person is a dirty, low-down dog because of what they did. And so my comments on that was, no, that shouldn't be the case. Now, people wrote me after that saying, well, what about Brett Kavanaugh? What he did a long time ago when he was in high school, well, that's different because this woman said that this guy uh, raped her, or whatever the case may be. So that's a whole different ball game. I'm, but 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 I guess my point is, the Me Too era, it's important. And if a woman comes forward, look, I have three girls. So if a woman comes forward and says, "Hey, look, I was this, that, and the other," they should be listened. But we shouldn't stop the presses. The guy said, "Look, I'm an old school cat." I'm a touchy-feely guy. That's how we did it back in the days. I'll watch the way I do my business from now on. Then all of a sudden, well, this apology wasn't, it didn't go far enough, and he made jokes about it after the fact, which destroyed everything that he, just stop it with this nonsense. Just stop it. Good googly moogly. Ugh. So anyway, now it's time to go. <laughs> no one can respond to what I said. All right, that ends the talking version of the show for this week, but don't go anywhere. Some very interesting comments are coming up in Chatterbox, plus my favorite part of the show, on a need-to-know basis with Mr. Jerome Spree that's coming up next. All that and more. Serious Science still has 30 minutes. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after an NPR News update. You're listening to the TGRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. We'll be right back after this. Support for this podcast and the following message come from E-Trade. With all the jargon, investing can feel like a foreign language. E-Trade makes investing simple by providing personalized support and guidance in terms you can understand. They let you get started in the market with as little as $500 and then help you learn as you go. You don't need to be a pro to invest at E-Trade. For more information, visit eTrade.com slash NPR. E-Trade Securities, LLC. Member CIPIC. In Rwanda, today's commemorations are the beginning of a week of events honoring those who died during three months of killing that began 25 years ago. Some 800,000 Tutsis and the Hutus who tried to protect them were murdered over 100 days. The killing began after the Hutu presidents of Rwanda and Burundi were killed when their plane was shot down over Kigali. In men's college basketball, the two teams that will face off for the national championship have been decided. Texas Tech is advancing after upsetting Michigan State. And Haas Spencer from member station WCVE reports that the University of Virginia is moving into the final after a nail-biter last night. Last year, UVA became the first number one seed ever to lose to a number 16. This time, however, with less than a second left, Junior Kyle Guy sank three free throws to give UVA a one-point win over Auburn. I think this time last year we were starting our spring workouts. Trish Drennan took to the pedestrian mall downtown to celebrate. It's a really special thing, as you can hear. I mean, here we are, we're not even, like, on grounds, and the whole community is here supporting the school. The action returns to Minneapolis Monday night, where UVA will take on Texas Tech, in the NCAA's championship game. 
For NPR News, I'm Hawes Spencer in Charlottesville. Later tonight, the women's championship will be decided when Baylor takes on defending champion Notre Dame. Notre Dame came into the season as the favorite to repeat as champions. Both teams will be seeking a third national title. I'm Giles Snyder, NPR News. Folks, it's time for Chatterbox. Final thoughts from the world-famous chat room and from social media. Mr. Elias, man, do you have anything to share with us? Yes, I got the, the, the lovely Momo B said, some, some of my male co-workers made me slightly uncomfortable on a daily basis. One of them used, used Hold to Hold on, whoa, 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 stop, stop, stop. This came from who? Momo B. Oh, boy. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> One of them used to touch my neck. Touching my neck is touching my neck against the law. No, some females like it. I did not like it. And I asked him to stop. He never touched my neck again. She said, "Speak up first. And then, uh, uh, I, I'm going to go with me and Vobo Bright. Vobo Bright says that Joe Biden made inappropriate comments comments to the kid, to a kid, and that's what really upset him. So last week, Vobo Bright said he didn't give a damn about kids. And now this week he does. Hypocrite. Either you do or you don't. That's just how I feel about it. You in the state. You guys just need to get in the phone booth and fight this out, man. You guys fight every right, man. man look, you, you, care about, you, can't, you cannot care about kids one week and then not the next week. It, it, you can't have it both ways. Okay. Anything else for Sally? Yes, sorry. <laughs> that, well, and then he, he right. has the comments about how great Trump's stats were, which... I don't I understand how his stats are so great, but it's what it is. Yeah, well, all right. Appreciate it. All right, uh, first of all, let's uh, hope we can get uh, Momo B's husband to see if he has any uh, comments about how she touched him with an iron. But uh, that's just another thought for another day. All right, uh, <laughs> that's, that's an inside joke. You have to listen to the J. Rod Show back in the day to know where I'm coming from with that. All right, listen, Pastor Stephen Jones. Uh, kudos to the game for continuing the YTP segment. I love it, and I love the show. Thank you, Pastor. Marietta Music. Love me some Jerome. He nailed it with the stereotype comments. Great show, guys. Thank you, Mar- Mar- Mariana. All right, uh, Justin from Michigan. Black co-worker of mine told me about the show seven months ago. As a Trump supporter, I did. I did, with some hesitation, decided to listen. But after listening for so long, Although I still support the Republican Party, however, you guys have made me see the light of Trump and his criminal ways. Please continue to do what you guys do. Sometimes the truth hurts, but nevertheless, it needs to be heard. God bless the serious side. Thanks, Justin. And Jeannie from Arizona. Jay, why is it you never read my comments on the air? I will say this. Trump is our president, and, he, and we should support him. I have heard many prominent Democrats say this, including Barack Obama. Our country needs to come together. And it is time for the adults in the room to act like it. Like Michelle Obama said, when they go low, we go high. God bless this great country of ours. Little Jeannie, I think that's the reason why I don't read your comments, because they're too long. <laughs> uh, listen, I'm sorry, Jeannie. No, Jeannie, seriously, I don't see them, so I can't read everything from everybody. But when I saw this, I wanted to make sure I read it. Thank you, Jeannie, for listening, and thank you, everyone, who continues to support the serious side. And <clears throat> on that note, you know what time it is. Five, four, three, two, one. The first lady dazzles on election night in a... Tell me, what do you want me to do? Pledge allegiance. 
you want me to take you out of the United States of America. Alright, folks, you know what time it is. It's time for my favorite part of the show, the Need to Know Basis with Mr. Jerome is free. Jerome, what do you have, man? Alright, you know, um, again, we started off the show talking about Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. So if you want to go look that up, the U.S. government found guilty in conspiracy to assassinate Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Go look it up and read it. It's a long read if you'd like to read the verdict, but it's out there. And there's some YouTube videos out there, too. Um, judge Joe Brown was the judge on that case, so you might want to check that out. Oh. Now, okay. yep, the, the number of people... Um, seeking unemployment benefits fell to its lowest level since 1969. That's according to the Associated Press. The weekly applications for job aid fell 10,000 to a seasonally adjusted 202,000, um, according to the Labor Department. And that's the lowest week since December um, 6, 1969. The number um, of benefits, unemployment benefits fell, um, it was 49 years. Since we had that. Now they're indicating that companies are keeping employees despite fears of impending economic slowdown. So mm. the reason that they're keeping them is because they feel like they need to work a lot more to get them some cushion before they lay them off. Is mm-hmm. what, yeah, it's <laughs> what they're speculating is going on. So it may not be good news. At the same time, it's good news. But again, we've been in this slide for the last, what? Nine years. So, yep. thank you, President Obama, for all of that. Now, the median um, home price in America will hit an all-time record high of $30,000 this month. That's what data is showing. The new peak surpasses the previous record of 299000 in June and July of 2018. However, the rate of growth is slower than last year, rising 7% in March as compared to 8 percent in uh, March of 2018. So home prices are getting high. So I don't know. It's bubble time, I think, is what they're trying to say. Yep. Now, the record. That's what happened. That's what happened. Yep. When they start overinflating the price of homes and then everybody's home is yep. going to be worth squat. All right. Now, the record left sea levels um, rising and um, the devastating floods, storms, heat waves and wildfires are recorded um, around the country as climate change impact grows. This is according to the UN. So they're saying around the world also is happening. Record um, sea levels and devastating floods. So the World Meteor- Meteorological Organization states in its climate 2018 report details continuous, continuing um, increase in carbon dioxide levels in the atmosphere to new highs, amongst other concerns. So they're still telling us our climate is changing, but nobody's doing anything. Jerome, there's no such thing as climate climate. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, you know, there's that. no such thing as rain, wind, and the sun either, right? No climate at That's all. It. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Now the U.S. government has adopted a breakthrough DNA testing system. This is what they're claiming that will allow border agents to verify the family the the family relationships between migrants. So they're saying within they can test you and with two within two hours they can tell if you're related to someone. Now again, I don't think that this is true. 
That wouldn't let nobody <laughs> take my DNA. No. Nope. My about talking that. about she was going to try to send something for ancestry. I said, girl, you send that in, we in trouble. Stop. Yeah, exactly. Don't do it. Yep. They're like, um, I, I'm j- I just want to check my DNA. You can go in that database if you want to, but they're making it fun. Again, if you haven't heard this show before, we talked about this. Um, a long time ago, they had what was called the Human Genome Project, where they were trying to get everybody's DNA on a database. So nobody would participate in that. But if you make it fun and make them pay for it, people are voluntarily sending in their DNA to, like, <laughs> Ancestry and all these other people. And they're keeping no. this database. They're keeping the saliva that you are spitting or, or swabbing your mouth with. They're keeping that. And it says it right in there. So you're paying to go on a DNA database for who knows what reason. Mm-hmm. But we'll find out. Nah, I'm good. <laughs> I'm with you, too. I'm good. No thanks. Now, people with no religion accounted for 23.1% of the U.S. population in 2018. Uh, that's what they're saying. Okay, now, they said that that's a statistical tie with Catholics. So no religion and Catholics are at 23%. Evangelicals are at 22.5%, and that's according to this new general social survey that just came out. I don't know what that means, but, um, anywho, we'll just keep going. No religion accounted for the amount of people. I can see that. You know, all the problems that the Catholic Church is having, people are not identifying what religion they're in. Like, I, don't, I ain't got a lot, of, a, a lot of people are calling it that the religion hypocrites now, man. So I can see that too. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, you know, the largest black owned bank in America is paying respect to black queens all over the country. So one United Bank lost a queen visa debit card under its royalty campaign to recognize women to. Um, women who exude black girl magic. Now, that is brave of that bank. Uh, One United Bank introduced the Queen card in March for Women's History Month under under their royalty um, Wear Your Crown campaign to raise awareness of the pound black bank and pound buy black movement across the nation. Hmm. What were you going to say, Elias? No, I was saying, wow, that that is nice. That's dope, too. Yeah. Yeah, I, hey, I was thinking about opening an account there. Now, in February, the bank launched um, for Black History Month a campaign with a King Visa debit card under its royalty campaign as well. So they said that um, they find it important to celebrate the new generation of kings and queens in the country. All right, now. Yeah, good for, good for them. You know, it is nothing's wrong when... You know, we have St. Patrick's Day. People are Irish will say, kiss me, I'm Irish shirt. When you have something black, people get offended when black people say, kiss me, I'm black. <laughs> like, it's like, or kiss my, because I'm black. Right. Either way, either shirt will sell. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just going to yeah. put that out there. I'm no marketing there you person, go. but I'm just going to say. <laughs> oh, speaking of, speaking of marketing, Beyonce has a lucrative, um, um, Ivy Park Athletic Brand, it will now be under the umbrella of Adidas along with her mm. developing new attire uh, with athletic brand ranging from performance to lifestyle and including shoes and clothing. Now, wow. yeah, I don't know if you've seen the stories out there that 
she walked out of a meeting with Reebok because she said there was no diversity in the meeting. And mm. so um, she just created a partnership with Adidas. Now, the interesting thing is, as I started reading some of the Internet comments, people were saying stuff like, you know, Jay-Z, uh, you know, has title, and title don't have any black employees, right? Here's the what? difference between that. Um, owns title. <laughs> He owns title with no black employees. She was going in partnership with somebody who had no black employees. So how can you go into partner with somebody who's in partnership with someone who does not understand you or the culture or what you're selling them? You can't you can't do that. But he owns um, title. Very big difference. So we like yeah. to mix ap- apples and oranges. But anyway, you know, Ivy Park, which is her athletic brand, was partnered with Top Shop. Um, they will undergo a relaunch, and Beyonce will stay at the forefront of the brand and maintain full ownership of a label, by the way. Okay. So although she partnered okay. with Adidas for distribution, she still owns her brand. Air Beyonce, yeah. like the Jordan brand. There you go. <laughs> All right. Now, the DOJ gives Alabama 49 days to fix its violent, cruel, and unconstitutional prisons after finding inmates are routinely killed, stabbed, and raped. Now, the department released a scathing report on Wednesday chronicling um, inmates' rapes, beatings, and fatal stabbings at the hands of fellow prisoners and a management that failed to protect the prisoners. So, Alabama, 49 days. There's so much I can say about that, but I'm not going to say it. Now, the FBI director, uh, Christopher Ray says that white supremacy is persistent, pervasive threat to the United States security or American security. So he said the agency was tackling the threat of white supremacy through the nation's Joint Terrorism Task Force on Domestic Terrorism. Wow. <laughs> Who didn't know that? But, <laughs> I'm you know. surprised that they're doing it, though. Yeah. You know. I'm surprised that he even really said am. it before the election come up. Because you know yeah. who's going to try to block that. Mm-hmm. Now, Most definitely. Yeah. Now, the Congress has passed a resolution to end the U.S. military assistance for Saudi Arabia's um, war in Yemen. In an unprecedented attempt to curtail Trump's power, the House voted 247 to 175 to send the resolution to the president's desk, or I'm sorry, to Trump's desk. I can't believe I said that. Where he is likely to meet meet it with a veto, but the Senate passed a resolution last month with seven Republicans breaking ranks to support the resolution. They're going to have to override hmm. the veto. Yeah. Again, yeah, for some reason, he's supporting Russia and Saudi Arabia, and we need to know why. Oh, wow, the- I wonder why. Oh, that, wow, that's kind of amazing that yeah. he's doing that, isn't it? Yeah, mm, I, I, wonder. I wonder where his summer home's gonna be, so he don't get convicted of crimes when he <laughs> when he, when he get up out of here. Really? You go find him and uh, Donald Trump Jr. Like he's in Saudi Arabia. Yep. Uh, now Amazon wants to launch thousands of satellites into space in a race to provide high-speed internet access to underserved areas. So they found uh, oh. new filings. Well, they're saying that Amazon um, want to show that the company's next frontier 
is the final frontier, and they want to gear up to launch thousands of um, internet-providing satellites in the space. Now, I don't trust this. Uh, no, I trust that. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I, I trust that, man. I, I trust Facebook more. Because I'm going to tell you yeah. this. <laughs> if, if you yeah. got internet connection that has global satellites, they are going to GPS track your butt to the bathroom. <laughs> They're going to tell you what exactly. part of your house you did. Yeah. At least, mm-hmm. at least Facebook... You know that they're watching you, but once you get your internet connected, that is going to be a 24-hour tracking system on you. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You don't want that. No, yeah. Speaking, speaking of Amazon, you know, Jeff Benzo and his wife, Mackenzie, settled their divorce. Now, he's the richest man in the world, um, and um, they say he got off lightly. So Jeff Benzo, who's 55, will keep 75% of their joint $144 billion Amazon stake, leaving McKinsey with just a quarter, which represents a 4% stake in the company worth $35.8 billion. So, yeah, his 12%, wow. yeah, his 12% stake is worth about $107.5 billion, which allows him to retain the title richest man in the world, if that's something that he wants. Wow. He's going to take wow. over... Yeah, he's going to take over her voting control um, of his ex-wife's remaining share and has been giving her interest in the Washington Post, which he bought for $250 million in 2013, and Blue Origin, which is his space travel company, uh, which he is currently invested in. So he gets to have all of her voting shares in Amazon, although she still owns some shares in it. And um, so the other shareholders I'm won't be able to move him out of the CEO. Up, I'm surprised you gave that up, man. I really am. What, gave up that money? Yeah, gave up that much money, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. I think that... I don't know where they were married, but I think that um, she... um, She gave it up. I think that that was her letting him off lightly. She was like, I'll take the $35.8 billion. That's what I'm saying. I'm surprised she let it go like that. Yeah. Yeah, I, maybe maybe she didn't maybe she doesn't hate him. That's all I can say. Don't, I mean they have kids, so maybe he maybe yeah. maybe her money's coming on the back end. You know how they, yeah. how they say that when you roll dice. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a bad yeah. dice game. Man, man, look, look, look here, man. Well, once you get to the billions, it really don't matter. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you okay. never spend all that money. Who cares? Yeah, right. Okay. You're right. Billions. Well, first of all, I just told as, you as, as, oh. Yeah, first of all, Jay is the cynic. That's what I'm saying, Jay. She gave yeah. up a lot. Jay, Jay's the cynic yeah. on the show, yeah. so let me tell you this. <laughs> it, it, it does not matter how much money it is. There's principalities involved. <laughs> uh, it's the principality of the situation. I got it. Principalities. <laughs> She's like, I want a half. So anyway, all right. So, um, you know, Colorado representatives are fighting to set a minimum legal age to marry in the state after a study reveals that 12-year-olds apply for marriage licenses. So this review of their license application (laughs) over the past two decades show an alarming number of minor applicants who were under the age of 13. So the current law in Colorado is that there is no minimum age required for marriage. And someone as young as 15 years old wow. or, um, 
or younger can get married with the approval of a judge and a parent, while 16-year-olds only need to have one of them to approve the wedding. But, yeah. Now, here's here's what's crazy about the new bill. Like, okay, I could probably agree with this. But the new bill is expected to take away the option of having one of the parents approve the union for someone under the age of 18, thus requiring a judge to sign off on it. Now, don't there something sound strange about that? Your parents yes, don't have no say, but you can go to court and the judge yeah, and say yeah, you get married. Yeah. yeah. There, <laughs> see, again, I'm telling you, there's something wrong with the psyche on this. It's like you want an arbitrary person who don't know you to tell you something. They take, You're taking um, <laughs> power away from the parents is all I'm saying. Yeah, that's true. Now, now um, you know, in the good news of the show, you know, Mexico, I shouldn't say it that way because I don't, I don't smoke, so I don't know. But Mexico is the latest state to decriminalize marijuana under <laughs> their new law, which goes into effect on July 1st. Anyone caught with less than a half ounce of marijuana for the first time will be subject to a civil citation and a fine of $50. That's what I'm but talking about. Man. It used to be a misdemeanor and carried 15 days in jail, so they still want their $50. They still want profit off of it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I just want to that. say that. Yeah. yeah. Now, according to the Drug Policy Alliance, a national nonprofit that advocates for new drug law reform, New Mexico is the first state in the U.S. to decriminalize the, profess- the possession of drug paraphernalia. So, you can get a $50 fine for paraphernalia, too, but they won't arrest you. It's, something's mm. still wrong. You, you yeah. give us half of something, then you take, you take the other half away. I don't get it. You still get fined, but they can't arrest you. Really? Which means that that's a discretionary law, so they probably won't even find them. They just go, go home. We don't even want to tell you. <laughs> we can't arrest you. I ain't talking to you. Now, New Jersey stop training their police dogs to sniff out weed as the state prepares to come the 11th to legalize recreational marijuana. So their attorney general told lawmakers on Wednesday that the pending proposal to legalize recreational marijuana led police to stop training dogs to detect the odor of burnt cannabis. I don't know how you unsmell something. (laughs) I don't know how that works. Mm. They're trying to chase them not to smell marijuana. <laughs> All right, Joey, I, I have time for one works. more story, brother. One more story. You have time one for one more. Or do you end on that? <laughs> because that was well, pretty no, well, typical. I guess, um, but yeah. Since, since, we're, since we're in the weed business, let me tell you this quick story. You know, Florida. No, no, you and Mr. Elias are in the weed business. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just saying it's legal now in some places. Yeah. Mail yeah. order. Um, so, uh,. A, a San Francisco Superior Court judge has told um, California to expand its voters' registration outreach and um, order that newly designees, newly people who came here from different states and county offices, can register to vote. So they have to expand the outreach for voter registration. So I got off the weed story for you, Jay. Just wanted to do that. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Okay. Fine. All right. Fine. Good stuff. Listen to you. That's what I'm talking about. I like that. He said bye. <laughs> you know that note. <laughs> I can I can still give you one though. Love it. And then, well, you okay. know, hey, you could do it during your final thoughts because it's that time. Hey, it's, you're on the take, floor. Final thoughts. What do you have? 
my final thought is everybody have a good week, and we will see you again next week. That's my thought. Wow. Make it hot, Elliot. Wow, that was quick. He did. Wow, look at that. See that coming. That's, uh, didn't see that one coming. All right, <laughs> the man who gets the first and last word here on the serious side, the one and only Mr. Elliot. My final thoughts, sir. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm just, you know, my final thoughts is I, I still like to expose Boba Bright for who he is. He says, I don't care if Joe Biden molests kids. I'm drawing a rock solid excuse to block Joe Biden. Dems did it to Kavanaugh, and now Republicans are doing it to Joe Biden. But he don't care much about kids at all, but now he wants to talk about how Joe Biden is molesting kids. Wow. You are a hypocrite, sir. You are. Wow. Oh, the love man. fest continues between Mr. Elias and Boba mm-hmm. Brand. All right. Don't downplay that, Jay. Elias is right. Yo, with it. No, <laughs> hey, listen, they fight. Hey, man, do, do your thing. Y'all do your thing. All right, here are my final thoughts real quick. Uh, Bottom line is, I want to say thank you to everybody who listens to the show. Uh, you know, it takes a lot of effort for us to do what we do. Uh, people think that it's easy. It's not as easy, even though we're brothers and get together and sisters and get together and talk about what, you know, affects our people and things of that nature. Everybody has their opinion. But we're going to continue to say and do what we want here on the serious side. If you don't like it, like I always say, change the damn channel. And on that note, Mr. L to the E to the S, if it's Sunday, and we're talking serious stuff, what time is it, my friend? It's time for the serious side of the day. Wow. Show. Momo B sent me a text talking about the iron. Yeah, we talked about the iron, Momo <laughs> B. So, Mr. Jerome is free, Mr. Elias. I'm Jay Rob saying have a wonderful week. And remember, if it's Sunday, we're talking serious stuff. It is the serious side. We'll see you back here next Sunday, same time, same bad channel. God bless everybody. See you then. husband and see what he has to say about all that. I wonder, you know, inappropriate touching. That's a hell of a... Oh, I'm sorry. We're gone. Okay. Bye. (laughs) Have a great week. Jesus. Oh, gosh. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network.